It's another Sunday night watching the superstars fight. You know it's what we love to do. Talking about NXT or WWE, and we can't forget about AEW. Viewers' choice on the North South Coast. Viewers' choice on the North South Coast. Viewers' choice on the North South Connection. We are back once again. You uh, you obviously popped up your podcast feed. You went to the North South Connection and you clicked on Viewers Choice. That's right, baby. That's right. Yes, you did. You made the right choice. It's Tim and Marcus back once again. You know myself, Tim, not the Toolman Taylor, the draft czar of the No Holds Barred Draft Day series, and of course, one half of the illustrious, award-winning WWE War Podcast with JT Rosero here on the North-South Connection as they go through every year of WWE pay-per-views in seasonal order to give you the most nerded, the nerded out, most breakdown of everything. It's Marcus. Hey, Marcus. How are you? Our resident war correspondent. That's you. That's me. Good man. Don't ever give me the Larry Zabisco (laughs) L ever again. (laughs) Larryland, game of human chess. Man, it feels good to be here with you. Um, I really like that uh, we are recording in the early part of the evening. Yes, of course, with Money in the Bank happening from London, England, and the time difference, uh, we got this premium live event at three o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, I really liked it. Uh, how do you feel about the uh, the switch up in times? I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was it was pretty pretty good, um, especially since we're recording the podcast and the sun's still out, right? So I know that's a big win for Marcus. Uh, Marcus loves uh, these oh those summer nights, uh, long long days, longer nights, baby. Uh, especially once like daylight savings time ends, like next spring. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think we fall back one more time, and then we're so, done. We're done with that foolishness. Looking forward to that. Um, but I'm also looking forward to telling our listeners, uh, in our opinions, what was must-watch and must-skip from today's Money in the Bank premium live event on the award-winning WWE tab available on the Peacock Network. Or if you subscribe to the WWE Network outside of the United States and you still have access to the original WWE Network, congratulations, you have the superior way to watch these pay-per-views or premium live events, if you will. But um, let us break down the card in a non-spoiler fashion. Marcus, do you have the festivities that took place at the O2 Arena? I do, spoiler-free. Let's run down the card real quick. Uh... We have, uh, in a Money in the Bank ladder match for a men's championship, we have uh, Damian Priest, Butch, L.A. Knight, Paul, The Ricochet, Santos, Escobar, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, For the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship, we have Ron Rousey and Shayna Baszler defending against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, In a singles match for the Intercontinental Championship, we have Gunther defending against Matt Riddle. Uh, Dominic Mysterio took on Cody Rhodes, your guy. We also had uh, Seth Rollins take on Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship. We had the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match as uh, Bailey, Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, Zelina Vega, EO Sky, and Zoe Stark competed in that contest. And then we had the Bloodline Civil War tag team match as 
Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa took on the Usos. Them Usos. Um, let's get right into it, and I want to kind of go a little out of order. Um, but I feel like we are in the opportunity to scoop and boop a little bit, and we actually get to inject a little bit extra editorial opinion mm-hmm. on this podcast than we normally would, because what was not listed on your run sheet was the arrival of a wild John Cena. That's right. Surprise Cena, baby. Uh, we got John Cena during the middle of the card. I think it was right after the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Or no, it was after Cody Rhodes and Dominic Mysterio. That sounds right, yeah. And John Cena comes out, and he's talking about everything being for the fans, and he's the voice of the people. And he, I'm belaboring the point just to talk about, John Cena puts out into the ether WrestleMania in London. And I know that, you know, as as all of us are fans of the WWE, whether we've been fans since, you know, there were two double or there were three W's in WWF or there was an F in WWF and there wasn't an E. Um, we've all been wondering of, especially since the glory days and by glory days, I mean, SummerSlam 92, will there ever be a major WWE pay-per-view to right. ever go back to London? And I know when they announced money in the bank for this year to today, um, we thought this is the trial run, right? Right. Yep. This soft is soft launch. This is the soft launch. Like we're gonna we're giving them money in the bank because money in the bank has has really taken its place as like the fourth biggest event, right? right? Survivor mm-hmm. Series has taken a step back. Money in the bank has kind of filled that void, and so the calendar year kind of revolves around Rumble Mania, SummerSlam, and Money in the Bank. Yeah. So with Money in the Bank, it is that dry run, and John Cena kind of alludes to that a little bit in the promo, um, where, you know, here's your chance, guys. This is how you can prove to the WWE and the people who don't necessarily. Very tongue-in-cheek, very, very listening to the IWC and, like, what we think about why the WWE has not been back to the UK and England in a, a major way. But uh, what are your thoughts on WWE and specifically WrestleMania heading back to the UK? Um, I mean, of course, it would be dope. It is WWE, one of those W's standing for world. Um, so I like when they take the premium live events on the road, uh, get outside of the contingent United States and change up the location. And it's paid off drastically, I think, so far this calendar year, uh, starting with Backlash. As far as a WrestleMania, though, I'm just of the opinion there's too much red tape. There's too many political reasons. There's too many financial reasons. There's too many economical reasons why the company would never take WrestleMania and maybe even a SummerSlam at this point and put that anywhere else other than in the United States. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I want to ask, like, what do you mean by that? Well, they talk about how these shows are now bid shows, and... Cody Cody mentions that tongue-in-cheek during the press conference that we did listen to before we got on on the air today. So we know WrestleMania is a bid show, you know, whether or not SummerSlam is, whatever. 
Um, but SummerSlam is now kind of transformed into a stadium show as well, um, starting back in 2021 uh, with Las Vegas. So it's like those two events and maybe even Royal Rumble, uh, with that being such a big event, they do the economical reports. You find out how much cultural impact financially in the community, the event had, yada, yada, yada. I mean, that's all U.S. dollars. That's all domestic. That's all, I hate to say in-house, but, you know, for the company being located in the United States, that's, I think, where they want, they want to butter that bread. And I think it gets tricky when you take, here's all this money that could go to a local economy. And of course, these are destinations, right? Um, so it's not like they're necessarily hurting for money. Um, but when you take that and you say, okay, now this X number of dollars that would be going to a, a, a community, an area in the United States, we're now going to go line the pockets, put money into London, put money into whatever location you want to put internationally. Yeah. Um, I do, see, I'll, I'll kind of counterpoint you. Because I don't think the WWE has the um, responsibility of being an economic starter for any city, right? Like, I don't want to. I don't want to come across as being more WWE pilled than I already am. But if the city, like, if a city, especially if it, it let me preface what I'm going to say by saying. If WrestleMania is indeed a bid show, right? If it's a bid show, then the company or the, the, the city that earns WrestleMania should not look at that as a an expectation, rather. Like, WWE can take WrestleMania wherever they want. So if they landed in Tampa, then Tampa should be privileged to host a WrestleMania. Just as well as L.A., New York, Atlanta, Boston, you know, Dallas, other cities that have hosted WrestleMania, uh, New Orleans. All of those cities have had opportunities to wrestle to host WrestleMania. There's that word again. There's that word again. Over the last 10 plus years, right? So why wouldn't WWE, as a global brand, for for over 40 years, well, we can, we can, we can say 40 years because WrestleMania 40 is going to be in Philadelphia. So for 40 years, our international fans have had to travel from their homes across the pond or across the Pacific Ocean to land in the United States for WrestleMania. When we're talking about just one WrestleMania, one WrestleMania where we make, again, London as a destination. London's as much of a destination as New York City or Miami or LA or Dallas or any of the other cities I've named. If you like gray, yeah. Right. I mean, you can't help that, but but also too, like there's a lot of historical value there. There is culture in in London and the surrounding areas. <laughs> yes, everybody says that. Yeah, <laughs> Missed opportunity. We'll talk about that later. Um, but I feel as though just as easily as all of those in, those international travelers from the UK 
and even abroad, even farther abroad with their, the Asian countries, um, other European countries, they travel every year to come to WrestleMania. What's the big deal about sending one overseas, making the U.S. fans travel to England? Just like with the Olympics, right? The Olympics are global. They travel everywhere. The UFC, their partners now in the Endeavor Group, they have major events in Ireland, London, Dubai, Australia. They travel across the globe. They don't have the same, they don't necessarily have the pay-per-view model that the WWE has with Big Four. That's the difference. But they have, each of their events are big events. All of their numbered events are big numbered fights. Right. Once you get to 250, 275, 300, stuff like that. Right. Right. You get and, your big numbers, you're your bigger event. And those have also traveled based upon, at least with the UFC, they base it around kind of who the hometown fighter is, right? Like when, if, if um, Conor McGregor's at the top of the card and it's a numbered show, it's probably going to be in Ireland, right? Or, if it's like one of the like Habib or anybody else, you're going to be closer to the homeland for him, you know. Whereas, just like with John Bones Jones, if John, if John Bones Jones is on the top of the card and it's a numbered show, chances are that's going to be in Vegas. So what's the but the point is is like why. Why do you feel WWE is kind of beholden to the U.S. to be this economy driver? Because they've had family members run for political office that are associated, whether in title or not, uh, with the company. And I think that is uh, the overarching, one of the main reasons why it will not hit the road. See, I think it does hit the road now that the name on the building isn't WWE anymore, but it's Endeavor. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big change. And that's a possibility. I'm not ruling it out. And it's one of those things like I kind of believe it when I see it. But now that they've already put it out here, again, it's a soft launch. So it's going to happen. Yeah, you don't you don't you don't have John Cena in 2023, bald spot and all, show up and do a segment with Johnny was looking good. Johnny was looking good. He was looking real healthy, not tan, but it's okay because it's the UK. Um but Cena, you don't strut Cena out at Money in the Bank in the UK and threaten WrestleMania without <laughs> WrestleMania being an option, yeah. right? I think we may be two WrestleManias down the line. I don't think it's 41. It might be 42. Well, here's the other thing. And this is why I think it might be 41. Um, we know there's an event happening in a couple of weeks at this point. Uh, the AEW is hosting in London. And while WWE may try to no-sell AEW's impact on the industry, I don't think that one can be no-sold. Uh, whether you want to say bots or ticket distributors, whoever bought them up, there's 60,000 seats sold. Plus. Plus, and counting uh, for the AEW event. And we check WrestleTix on Twitter, but Twitter's gone to hell. So really, really can't check anything on Twitter. If you can, let us know at TNM shows. Um, but uh, oh, but we won't be able to see it because Twitter's on fire. Thanks, Elon. So uh, there's a big event. Somebody is coming into one of your houses and drinking your Kool Aid. 
Hey, you go let that stand. And they're going to the big house. And they're going straight to the big house. They're 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 like, you know what? This was a nice stop. Yeah, you know what? I'm glad for y'all to run to O2. Good job running to O2. We're gonna go down the street. We're gonna go to the big house, and we're gonna set up at Wembley Stadium. You know the place that you went like 25 years ago, or like 21, 30, 30. 31 years ago. And we're gonna go, and we're just gonna do one of these numbers. We're just gonna come. We're gonna come in, and we're just gonna go. There was going to blow all the dust off of all the stuff that you left behind. Oh, there's a, bar, a blue barred cage here. We'll take that. What do you got? What do you got here at, at, at Wembley, right? There's got to be some ghosts of Hebner's past around here. You know, Gorilla Monsoon's got something hiding around, you know. The, the ghosts of Jack Tunney making bogus decisions. Like, it's all there. Bogus! <laughs> right? And so they're going to the place that WWE ran one of their biggest and most historical shows. Um, and they're going and running it in a month, a month and a half. End of August. End of August? Yeah, I think that's definitely, whether they'll ever admit it or not, I definitely think that's a... Um an agitator. Anything you can do, I can do better. Yeah. I can do anything better than you. And that is total WWE fashion, by the way. Like, yes. When a company even like threatened to run on a Monday night against Raw, one hour unopposed, they responded by mending fences with Brett the Hitman Hart and having him and Shawn Michaels hug in the ring and then doing an angle with Vince and Brett. That's how they responded to... TNA Impact daring to run on a Monday night. TNA Wrestling. So, them bringing WrestleMania, potentially, probably, in all likelihood, uh, to Wembley at the threat of uh, AEW running uh, Wembley with, like, you know, not necessarily, like, a big-time stable show. Like, All In has a name because it's the inaugural event of AEW in their soft launch. Um, but it's not, like, you know, it's not all out. And, again, their model's a little bit different, but... It's a total W fashion to respond like this. So, I mean, he, and if you if you if you think that like Marcus is just using one example, let's go back to like the big example. W, Jim Crocker Promotions ran Starcade in eighty in eighty three to big fanfare. Mm -hmm. So Vince McMahon decides he's going to do WrestleMania the next year, right? And then they start competing over Survivor Series. Yeah. And Survivor, they book Survivor Series on the same day that they book Starcade right. in 87. Mm -hmm. And Vince McMahon goes to the cable companies and tells them, hey, it's yeah. either Survivor Series or it's Starcade and you got to pick. Right. And then they get told to knock it off. And so then they, they, run, <laughs> they run Royal Rumble on free TV. Well, on USA Network. So <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Against Bunkhouse Stampede. So Vince McMahon, while while the kids like to say that people got that dog in them, Vince got that petty in him. <laughs> petty, petty LaBelle, petty, petty Underwood, like everything, all the petties, you know, Richard Petty, Kyle Petty, and the real member Petty Wop, all the good, all the good stuff. And so, I'm excited to think the possibilities of a UK WrestleMania. And we talked about it while sitting on the couch watching the show. And I turned to you and I said, Marcus, yes, it's a two-night WrestleMania that starts at 3 p.m. 
on the East Coast for two nights. Dope. How great is that? Dope. I mean, to be able to watch WrestleMania started at 3 o'clock or 2 o'clock or whatever and then be done by dinner time, love it. But then also, now that there's two nights of WrestleMania, you could have your cake and eat it too. You can set up night one in the UK and night two in the US and just across the pond. And all you have to do is split the travel teams. You mean to tell me you don't have enough set stuff that you can it's, you can do a UK event one night and then it's the next night? such a monster with like because the set people are there like for weeks ahead of time. Whether it's the set, it's it's uh production, like they're all in one location for a week. So. Right, so you just double your manpower for like a month. Oh, so you mean that's not the American way? Oh, it's Christmas time, so all of these retailers are just going to hire just, all of the... Ha- wrestling is just a different a different kind of beast. This ain't wrestling, Marcus. This is entertainment, baby. Uh, I like the idea. <laughs> I like it, very true, very true. We don't know how Endeavor wants to spend their money. Um, but I think we've spent enough time on the UK and WrestleMania talks. Let's talk about the UK and money in the bank talks. You got any something you have... I'm not even cutting that out. W's, uh, Money in the Bank. Is there anything that's must-watch for you? Must-watch? Uh, I'm going to go with the men's Money in the Bank match, and this is where we'll uh, get into spoilers, so heads up. Um, I was super excited about this match. Yeah. I absolutely loved the lineup in this match. Yeah. Uh, this match, let me make sure I have this right. This match was a Money in the Bank match um, without a WWE world champion. Yeah. I really liked that. So it's it's all guys who have not been in the main event or haven't been in the main event in a really long time, like Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nakamura is the elder statesman in the match. Yeah, and I mean, this was an L.A. Knight household. Yeah. Uh, that's whose game it was. You already know. L.A. Knight. But if there was a second, if there was a runner-up, somebody else who I wanted to see grab the briefcase, uh, it was the eventual winner, Damian Priest. Right. He has done, he has put on some tremendous work since... His borderline five-star match with Bad Bunny in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, the storytelling that they've been telling on Monday Night Raw, while a lot of people may not watch all the time, um, with the teasing of the split of the Judgment Day with Damian Priest, um, the matchup at Backlash was really kind of an eye-opening experience for Damian Priest. And Damian has had some really good opportunities on television, his one-on-one matchup with Seth Rollins. Um, and I think in Seth Rollins' is First, first, uh, That's right. first challenge, defense, yeah. first defense of the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, and, of course, that matchup was marred in controversy because Finn Balor kind of cost Damian Priest that matchup. Um, but Damian's gone on. He's done really good stuff, all, all things considered. He isn't hasn't necessarily been on the top of our radar lately, but WWE's really high on him right now. And with him having the Money in the Bank briefcase now, it kind of leans towards maybe a, a different future. I know WWE's taught, or wh- whether or not you believe the stuff that's being said on the internet and the WWE possibly trying to go back to Puerto Rico sometime soon, mm-hmm. that makes a heap a lot of sense uh, to run Puerto Rico back and have Damian Priest be a top uh, star, a borderline championship contender. Um, when you go back to have that homegrown star 
because Puerto Rico is very rabid about their own fan base and their own people. I mean, backlash was driven off of Bad Bunny Damian Priest and Zelina Vega going for the women's title. And Zelina Vega had like a zero to one percent chance of winning that, but because it was Puerto Rico, you had to put the numbers on it, right? Yep. Like that was that was action. If there was a line on that, maybe somebody would have took it. I would have I would have threw half a unit on it without a doubt. You know that's not a problem. And so, Damian Priest, I think the match was great, um, and I think that's it's going to be kind of the story of Money in the Bank, the pay per view itself, is everything's kind of solid. Yeah. East didn't feel like a stock Money in the Bank match. Correct. And they they hit some of the same beats, but I think because there was just enough fresh faces in it, like, this is Santos Escobar's first. Ricochet is a ladder match veteran with the WWE. Mm -hmm. Logan Paul's first. LA Knight's first. Butch is, I think, first or second. I think he might have been in the NXT one. Um, Nakamura has been in Money in the Bank before. And then... I'm missing one other person, Damian Priest. Damian this is Priest. First one. This is his first. So there's a lot of fresh eyes, fresh opportunities, fresh creativity in this match, and it shined. But as we pointed out when we're watching, a lot of veterans. A yeah. A lot of vets. Even somebody like Pete Dunne, who's super young in regards to WWE, he's been doing this a long time. Like half his age. Yeah. So a lot of vets in this match, and then you have like your spectacle guy, uh, Logan Paul, and both Ricochet. Um, nothing, this wasn't purely about spectacle, but it had a couple spectacle spots, but like, there's also some brutal spots too. And like, that's what I really like in these ladder matches or really any kind of gimmick match. Like Mm -hmm. make me feel the brutality and the danger. Now I don't want to see anybody get hurt. Right. But like make it look good boys. Yeah. And and Triple H did say in the press conference that nobody got hurt or one person got hurt and he didn't say who it was. But as the match was over, they were walking to the back and they rolled their ankle, which has to suck. So no serious injuries. Uh, and that's a big question considering that this match had a, a scare. Yeah, there is a good spot. Just go. Uh, uh, ricochet. The, the Spanish fly from the, the second rope outside through tables. Yeah. And uh, people were sitting here calling the safety police on the Tiger Driver 91 last Ooh. weekend. Boy, uh, Spanish Fly 23 is asking some big questions to Logan Paul. Tuck that chin, strong neck, save lives. Sure did. Uh, but I think all in all, it was a really good match. I, I thought it was really solid. It's a solid Money in the Bank. And I feel like this Money, ba- Money in the Bank was a level setter. Yes. Money in the Bank sometimes gets too out of control. They lose the plot. They forget about going for the briefcase. And they just become this... Bot fest for yep. right or wrong. Mm-hmm. This level set, everything I think that ev- I think everyone's action in this was either weakening their opponents down to have the opportunity to get the briefcase or to just straight up get the briefcase. Yep. And that was refreshing to me yep. as somebody who really enjoys ladder matches, but not necessarily like the poetry of what ladder matches have become. Urgency and purpose is what this match had. Um, So yeah, it's going to get a must-watch from us. Uh, Mr. Tim, anything from you that you would give a must-watch or must-skip to? I'm not going in card order. I'm going in heart order. Okay. I'm going women's money in the bank. Must-watch? Must-watch. All right. I'm right there with you. Um, You know, one less participant than the men, 
but it's okay. Now there were some spots like just because it's must watch doesn't mean it's perfect, right? I want to I want to preface that. There was a part near the middle where the pack of women gets split. And it's a 3 on 3, right? And there was a big focal point on what's really the biggest storyline of the women's money in the bank, which was Trish Stratus, Zoe Stark, and Becky Lynch, right? And they focused a good heap of time on Becky Lynch, Becky, Zoe, and Trish. And they tried to do the handcuff spot with Becky. And Marcus and I were watching it, and we both get this exasperated sigh of like, oh, we're doing handcuffs again, yeah. right? Well, I was all out on that until... It gets paid off twice in the match yep. in two different ways. Um, and that's why, to me, it's must watch. Um, one of our podcast uh, pundits on the North South Connection, Aaron, he loves talking about it, especially if you've heard him talk about recent WWE pay-per-views. Um, and you heard his talk, his talk about when he was at Elimination Chamber and his his um, critiques on um, like the bloodline story. Mm -hmm. WWE just doesn't try to be creative at times right. with their finishes. You want to talk about creativity? This is it. Like something I've never seen in a money in the bank ladder match, much less any ladder match. Yeah, I've never seen it before. And I don't want to go too much into it because I feel like it's so must watch. You should at least like, Look it up on TikTok or look it up on YouTube or find other legal means, I assure you. Um, or just go on Peacock or go on the WWE Network and, and, and fire it up and just fast forward to like the last three minutes of the match. And I think that's worth it enough, right? I think all the girls did well. Um, I mean, some more than others. But really, for what they had, I feel like they showcased the best six girls. Um, considering like the women's tag takes four people out from earlier. Um, one person who's noticeably missing is Bianca Belair from this match, uh -huh. but I'm also kind of glad Bianca's not in it because if Bianca's in it, she has to win it, right? And you also get like main eventer fatigue, right? And that's another problem with the money in the bank matches from previous and kind of a money in this one, too. You know, Becky and Bailey could main event. Or Becky and Bailey could challenge for the women's title tomorrow night. Right. Or Monday night on Raw. Mm -hmm. Like, they could very easily... You don't need to heat them up. You don't need them to have a briefcase. Right. Like, the whole point of Becky was, well, you've never won money in the bank. To me, I think that's a, 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 a tremendous, like, uh, positive yeah. for Becky. That she hasn't needed to have money in the bank. Right. To be elevated into the spot she's been right. in. Right. The time for her to win Money in the Bank was like 2017. When yeah. she lost it. <laughs> yeah. So. To Charlotte, I think. Or was it Becky? Or was it Bailey? Um, was it, uh, that would have been Carmella. Okay. That would have been Carmella Money in the Bank, maybe. Okay. Well, the first one? Yeah. Okay. Um, but even, even then, like, Bailey's opportunities to really thrive with Money in the Bank are gone. She doesn't need it. It's a resume padder. And I ain't got no place for resume padding in my WWE. Not, yeah, no stat pad. I don't need that. I don't need you putting up shots with... You're up 30 with 
20, 20 se- or 22 seconds to go. I don't need you to steal the ball, go down court, and jack up a three, LaMelo. Like, I don't need yeah, it. It's it's not going to make her. And Money in the Bank is an excellent tool. That sounds a freedom. Money in the Bank is an excellent tool to, like, give somebody who's almost there or is going to get there a little boosty. Right. It's and it's, it's, it's the, an excellent tool when done correctly. Like, just like the car that drove past, it's the little NOS button. Right. So just like with Damian Priest, a guy who's been in high-profile situations, he's been in multi-man main events, he's been in TV main events, you know, who knows? I don't want to cap his potential, but he's he's been around for a bit. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't have another, like, 20 years in him. Um, so the time to strike with him as a main eventer is now, great. Give him the money in the bank. And he's a big dude. He's ominous. He can cash that in whenever, and it's believable. And now getting into EO Sky, fantastic. She's been one of the best in the company since she's been on NXT. And they got her presentation right. They got her and Bailey. Like, they could split her off from Bailey. She could do it by herself. She could do it with Bailey. You could have tensions there. There's a lot of dynamics that you could go with. And so it's a great storytelling tool there. Um, And plus, like, we've been waiting for a big, like, EO Sky versus Asuka big time pay per view premium live event match. Um, I know we had it on TV on Raw a couple months ago, um, but like to be able to do it on on pay per view that'd be huge, right? Yeah, EO Sky having the money in the bank is fantastic. Yeah, right. It's exactly what a character like EO needs. Yep. Right. She's somebody who connects with the fans. In the ring, but there's not necessarily a connection outside of the ring. And part of that might be the limitation in language. Um, part of that just might be the fact that, like, not all WWE fans are NXT fans. And let's just right, also the other part of this is she's not one of the horsewomen and she's not one of the horsewomen adjacent. Right. Well, she is horsewoman adjacent because she's with Bailey. Uh, so uh, what I meant by that is she's not she's not a part of she's the not, running crew. She's not Rhea. She's not Bianca. She's not Oscar. Yeah, she's that next grade. The she's the, the next, next class. Group, right. She's the next class. Yeah, she's not Carmella. She's not Liv. She's not that. She's in that class with Raquel, her, um, Dakota. Right. You know that that group. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Um, but I think Money in the Bank's gonna be great for her. Um, if I have a, if I have one wish for these money in the bank winners is that you don't cash in soon. Yeah. I think that the, I, the biggest thing I was excited about was there was no women's title match on this oh card gosh, at all. Yes. Because if there was EO sky was going to run out and cash in. Cause they've done it with the women. Plenty. Alexa's cashed in. Ale- Bailey cashed in. in. There's like, they can't wait to burn one. Alexa's cash in during the pandemic was actually for Becky's title right, that she vacated. Lost that one. Yeah. So that's three of six. Cause Carmella had one and she had the longest. And then. EO. Was bait was Bianca money in the bank. So. Was Bailey was No. Golly, how many money in the how many women's money in the banks have there been? <laughs> Wasn't Charlotte money in the bank? I feel like Charlotte is a money in the banker. For sure. Oh, um, um Nikki ASH. Oh, that's right. And she cashed in the next night. 
So we got uh, Carmella is the first one in she, 2017. Yep, we, she wins it twice. We got Alexa Bliss who cashes in that night. Yep. Uh, we got Bailey who cashes in that, that night, night, the next year. And we got Asuka in 2020. Who cashes in the next like night. two weeks ago, two weeks after with like, or no, the next night. The next night. Up the and then 2021. <laughs> and Nikki cashed in super quick, I think. The, the next night. Because yeah. she cashed in on the Raw. And Liv cashed in the, the same night. So literally every women's type, women's money in the bank winner, except for the first one who broke the record for longest time holding money in the bank. She even beat Edge's run from the first money in the bank. Carmella had it for like 300 and something days. Uh, I, got, I got days right here. Uh, Alexa held it for two hours and 52 minutes. What joke? Uh, Bailey held it for an hour and 25 minutes. Uh, Oscar was the next day. Liv had it for two hours. Yep. And uh, so so EO is, is uh, outside of Carmella who had it for... She's literally already... eight days. She's literally already... How about, how long did Carmelo have it? Three hundred and fifty-eight. Uh oh no, sorry, that was Corbin. Uh, Carmelo had it for two hundred eighty-seven. Two eighty-seven, and like, so as long as as long as EO Sky doesn't cash in on Monday or Friday, she will have become the second longest reigning women's money in the bank holder. Yeah. Like, what's the point of being able to call your shot? Any time within the next thirty or three hundred and sixty-five days, and just immediately use it every time. What's the point? It's a joke. Um, but all in all, I think both Money in the Bank matches did really well and really helped the namesake of this event uh, to this evening. So, um, anything for you that's must watch still? Um. I'll go ahead and I'll give an, um, a nod to our main event, which was the Bloodline Civil War tag match. Um, you know, uh, Triple H said it on the press conference. Sure uh, the, as the kids say, cinema. Uh, cinema, all that jazz. At the end of the day, you've got four sides and three ropes. Um, and the bell rings. And all of the TV work. All the promos, all the moments, that all stops. Right. Uh, and you got to get it done in the ring. And to me, that is why Roman Reigns is an unquestioned uh, top five all-time WWE. Um, uh-uh. Nope. Stopping you right now. This is, the, this is the your regular monthly reminder from... Me, not the tool man, Tim Taylor, that Roman Reigns is the greatest WWE superstar of all time. Okay? Period. And a story. And for everybody who was on, who watched the YouTube previews of us talking about this match, me and Ryan Gray did a banger of, of a, a preview for this. I said that Jay Uso was going to pin Roman Reigns 1-2-3 in the middle of the ring. Now, yes, I kind of got the exact finish wrong. But I didn't get the winner and the loser wrong. You got the result right. I got the result right. And I just want everybody to nanny nanny, boo boo, I'm right. Let me take it as my dub. So for everybody who wants to leave comments and say that they don't see how they could ever agree with that other guy on the Viewer's Choice podcast, 
maybe you should sometimes because I'm right. And so with Jay being, with Jay winning this matchup for his team and Jimmy actually conceding and letting Jay flourish, Mm -hmm. where do we go? Man. um, Because I feel like SummerSlam's too soon. SummerSlam's too soon, right? We could always get more mileage. But it's also too late. (laughs) We could always get more mileage anytime. You could take anybody from the bloodline uh, and put them up against Roman. That's going to be money every single time. It's not going to take much to get there. Um... I know what I'd like to see. What is that? I said this amongst our friends. Well, uh, we're all friends here. Yeah. You're listening to us on the North South Connection. I would love to see a situation where Damian Priest goes to cash in and the Usos actually save Roman. Yes. Uh, again, cinema. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I don't know what the point of all that is or what they do. I just know that it would be cool, and that's what I want to see, so I'm putting it out there. Good quote. Uh, some, we're going to use AEW context for WWE storyline. But just recently on TV, Mox and King had a face-to-face, and Eddie Kingston says to John Moxley, don't nobody beat your ass but me. So if Damian Priest comes and tries to cash in on Roman, the Usos can be like, uh-uh, nobody beats him but us. Yeah. So take that. Have a seat. We're taking the straps. We're not having you and the LWO and Bad Bunny come and ruin this. It's staying with the bloodline, but now it's the new bloodline. And they're doing a lot. And whether this is him uh, you know, getting himself over, and not in a bad way, um, but Solo Sokoa's body language right. does a lot of the talking for him. Yes. And if he is on the Dave Batista path. Or the Roman Reigns path. Or the Roman Reigns path of, uh, of, of being silent, a Silent enforcers. Right. Then we're in a really good spot. And I can't wait to see where Solo is at come, say, January. <laughs> you do a thing, great. That'd be cool. Uh, so that's what I'm looking at. Um, again, great match, must, must watch. There is one part I want to talk about in particular. Yeah, the match, and you know where I'm going to go with this. This is our favorite part. So this is where they act. The Usos hit the one D on Roman, uh-huh. or no, no, no. This is not where they hit the one D on Roman. So Roman and Solo hit a murder death kill on. Jay. Jay got hit with it, yeah. Jay gets hit with a Samoan Spike spear. Smash him. And smash him, spike like him, stack him, pin him. And so Solo drags Jimmy on top of Jay. Both, both twin shoulders are down. Roman goes to cover. One, two, and both twins kick out. Which everybody knows. Twins are stronger when you put them together. If you want to beat them, you separate them. I've seen plenty of TV shows who can join twins who then get separated and things don't go well. Okay? I watch my doctor dramas. Thanks to the good thanks to the good doctor. I am a surgeon. And so immediately after that, Roman Reigns goes to the Shawn Michaels school of looking at my hands, what have I done? What do I have to do? Yeah. And immediately, Solo gives a look to Roman and was like, "Let's go." Job's not done. Job's not done. Let's go. And Roman looks up at, at at Solo and is like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they start going after it again, which to remind people, 
Solo debuted at Clash of the Castle for Roman, sent by the elders of the tribe to look after Roman, to keep him on the steady, and to make sure that nothing wrong happens to the tribal chief. Roman is too emotional, and Solo is flatlined. Easy. He knows the job. He knows how to do it. And he's going to get people in line. Cold-blooded assassin. And that's why it's not about family to Solo. It's about who's the tribal chief. And until he's told at any point that Roman Reigns is not the tribal chief, he's going to stand by Roman. Yep. End of story. I don't need to hear anymore, Your Honor. Now, that's going to be a great day when we find out that somebody else is the tribal chief and Solo Sokoa ends up getting named tribal chief and he ends up usurping Roman himself at WrestleMania 40, but we're getting way too ahead of ourselves. We're almost halfway there. Why stop? As we talked about with this Roman Reigns title run, and I'm so glad that they, they're doing this tag match. I hope they get find more creative ways to get Roman on the pay-per-views without him defending the title. Um, but in regards to the title reign, we're too deep into the trip to turn around and go home. It takes just as long to go back home now as, as it did to get As here. it does to get there, right? So uh, we're already here. We're past a thousand days. What's a thousand more? You know, let's just keep going. I'm having fun. I don't think if they take the title off of him, we're going to get anything as good as this, even when this is at its worst. I don't think we're going to get anything this good again. So let's ride. It took us, what, 50 years to get here? <laughs> it's literally never going to happen again in our lifetime. Never. So. I'll be dead and done dusted by the time that, that goes around. Yeah, let's let's see something cool. Right. Uh, Mr. Tim, anything else must watch or must skip? Um, well, I was... Um, I'll talk about something that's must skip, and I feel like we dunk on this all the time, but we also had a request from one of our friends who said, quote... I need Marcus's in-depth breakdown on the women's tag title match, please and thank you. Um, must skip. Must skip. That's With the perfect. exception of the Shayna turn. Out of nowhere, kind of? Right. Uh, that was fun. Um, it, if it was executed a little bit better and sold a little bit better, I think yeah. we're looking at a turn up that's like up there with Ricky Martel. It's, Ronda's, it's kind of Rhonda's fault. Like, she got choked out, but then she's like, okay. And they have to do like, Shayna won. And then they have to do like a tag move. Then she does a tag move, but then she's back up after the tag move. And she rolls and and look. Yeah, I'm looking at my hands. Yeah. So I wish the execution was like more definitive and more of an exclamation point. But hey, your favorite wrestler, Liv Morgan's champion again. Instead of dot, dot, dot. How in the the world (laughs) is that kind of finish? Are you going to hold up the belts like you did something? Like... Shayna Baszler choked her out and walked out. Mm-hmm. And then you hit your, 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 your moves. And then you're like... To hollow bomb and then the... We did lip, it. We're the champs. You basically got handed the titles. I don't see how that helps your baby faces at all. Um, I can't help somebody got struck by lightning. I, they should have... And I, I don't know... What are you going to do? Forfeit the match? Like, oh, we need to stop. No, but I think you should have just covered Ronda right after the chokeout. I think instead, and think in place in this match, maybe it should have been ref stoppage. I think Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. 
two heels that you know Sonya can do some MMA stuff, but Chelsea with her character mm-hmm. and how she portrays things, she should be scared to death of Ronda and Shayna. And so to have her capitalize on on Ronda, now you get some simpy on Ron Rousey uh, without making her look bad, uh, making her look a little bit vulnerable because her partner, her best friend, turned on her. Cool. Now that's lit up super high, and now you get the titles uh, on these two unbearable characters, and then you can do a title switch on Raw and get right. them back, get them back to uh, um, uh, live live in uh, uh, yogurt. Right. Probiotic. What's her name? Yes, thank you. Sorry. I say that because her, her her Tron looks like an ad for like a wooden yogurt. Yes, for sure. For sure. But uh yeah, that's my breakdown. Shayna Baszler rocks. That's that seems pretty cool. Um everything else on the show was all right. I wouldn't say must skip. I yeah, say must watch. Right, like the 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 world heavyweight title match, solid. It's Seth Rollins and it's Finn Balor. We're about gonna, half as long as I thought it was going to go. Right. I mean, I feel like it, it was good, but you know, could have. I don't think it needed to be anything great because everybody was here for the Civil War and the Money in the Bank matches and the the story pre, uh, continuing with Damian Priest and Finn and Finn Balor. That right. was the value, and they got to the value. They got to it in twelve and a half minutes. So good. Um, so yeah, I'll take that. Cause I definitely thought this match was going to go 24 for sure. At least, you know, but, um, what do you have as our MVP of the night? MVP of the night. I mean, it can only go to one man. Liv Morgan. Now I'm talking about the tribal chief, the big dog, Mr. Uh-uh, Roman Reigns. He is my MVP of the night. Uh, to be able, once again, to be able to main event, a pay-per-view and it one of those matches not be the namesake of the show is a tough task to be in a situation where you're not defending the title and you are in the main event. Uh, that is a tough task. The story speaks for itself. He is to me, the star performer. Uh, he is the star. He is, he's the, the straw, the Coke with the straw mm-hmm. uh, that stirs the drink. So I got to give it to my tribal chief. Yeah, I'd like to give it to Roman. I'd like to give it to Jay Uso. Um, I'm gonna give it to Damian Priest. Okay. Um, in a match where like 99% of everybody in that match wanted LA Knight to win, you know, Damian Priest really shows out, wins the contract, and the fans accept it. You know, they're really they're really accepting of the fact that he he is the money in the bank uh, contract holder, and I think it makes sense. You know, it, it fits for him, and it's a big moment, a big step forward to um, it's a big step forward for him and his career going on. So more power to that. And MVP, I think MVP rights go to Damian Priest in a winning effort. Um, but of course. It's not just up to what we say. It's up to what you say, too. So let us know on Twitter. Um, for as long as Twitter still exists, at TNM Shows, um, <laughs> let us know. Um, leave comments on the North-South Connection uh, YouTube, or not the YouTube, but the North-South Connection website, northsouthconnection.com. Um, and let us know or uh, email us at viewerschoicepodcast at gmail.com, uh, where you can let us know everything on that. 
Um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here and give some plugs? All right. Well, uh, we again, we are proud to be on the North South Connection, NorthSouthConnection.com. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Ring the notification bell. Don't miss anything that we do live on camera, whether that's uh, No Holds Barred or Wrestling War Zone, the Jenny Position stuff, um, WWE War, you know, all the great stuff that's there. Uh, check all that out on YouTube. Also on podcasts, if you're just a po- traditional podcast listener. Um, subscribe to the North South Connection on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, rate us, review us. Uh, thumbs up, five stars. If you give us four stars, we're inclined to think you're a hater. Um, again, listen to us when we're on No, no Holds Barred. Um, listen to WWE War. And listen to us on our other podcast ventures. Uh, every week, Marcus and I do Final Wrestling Place over on the soon-to-be-named network. Yeah, the soon-to-be-named network. Soon-to-be-named network.com. Soon-to-be-named network.tumblr.com. Uh, this month, the month of July, since I am jumping the broom, we're covering wrestling weddings. And if you're listening to this, then our most recent episode uh, that will be dropping Monday at midnight, um, July 3rd, will be the wedding of AJ Lee and Daniel Bryan. So that's going to be fun. And we're going to talk about whether or not that wedding is a good place or a bad place wedding. Um, so check that out at uh, finalwrestlingplace.buzzsprout.com or check it out at T&M Shows. On Twitter, there's a link tree there that has everything. Um, a big shout out to all of our pod adjacent friends over at uh, At Odds with Wrestling and We Need Wrestling, as well as Hiya Bussy, and and so much more. Check it all out. But the next time we'll be here, I believe will be SummerSlam. SummerSlammed out. SummerSlam August the fifth. Um, another Saturday show. God bless. Mm-hmm. Um, so. We'll be here for that. We'll be here for All In uh, in London uh, at the Wembley Arena Stadium Bonanza. Um, But just remember, no matter what Marcus and I say or how everything goes, just remember the choice is yours.